I heard about a church that was going to hold a Christmas pageant, and right at the beginning of the pageant, they'd wanted there to be five little angels, all holding individual letters to spell out the word hello. Everything went perfectly well during all of the rehearsals until the opening night of the pageant. On the opening night of the pageant, one of the little angels got lost and stood at the wrong end. And so instead of spelling the word hello, these five little angels greeted the congregation with the words, oh hell. Those angels got the Christmas message wrong. But I don't think that they're the only ones to get the message wrong. Many of us get the message of Christmas wrong too. Over the past few weeks, we've been receiving all sorts of messages about Christmas as we watch television or as we stagger through the shops. We see flying reindeer right next to angels and Father Christmas right next to the wise men. We hear, hark, the herald angels sing, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, silent night and frosty the snowman, all one after the other. It can be a pretty confusing time. One of the main messages that we've been getting over the last few weeks is that Christmas is all about the big guy in the red suit with a white beard called Santa Claus. That's one of the main messages we've been getting, isn't it? That Santa Claus is coming. I'm sure you've even heard the song. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Making a list, checking it twice. Going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been good or bad. So be good for goodness sake. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Well, <laughs> not, not quite as good as Mariah Carey, but, but that's one of the messages, isn't it? Santa Claus is coming. As I thought about the message of Santa Claus, and I thought about the true message of Christmas that we've read through, I had to ask myself, what is the difference between the message of Santa and the message of Christmas? And I want to highlight just four contrasts from the scripture readings that we've already heard. The first thing I learn about from that Christmas song about Santa is that I'd better watch out. <laughs> you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout. Santa Claus is coming. But did you notice in contrast to that, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Those four little words are repeated several times throughout that Christmas story. Do not be afraid. God is with you. God is for you. The gospel of Jesus is good news. That's what the word gospel means. It literally means good news. And the angel goes on to expand that message. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. What's a savior? Well, on the Cinnamon's list on Microsoft Word, it tells me that the word savior means a deliverer, a redeemer, a rescuer. 
Living here in Cape Town, we actually have a great example of that. Throughout the Christmas season, we're often told about the NSRI, the National Sea Rescue Institute, and we read how they'll go out and they'll save people from the sea. They rescue a person who is drowning and faces certain death. They do for that person what that person cannot do for themselves. And in the same way, God in Jesus has saved us, rescued us. From what? Well, remember the angel's words to Joseph. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Now, I can imagine at some point someone thinking, here we go, these Christians always talking about sin. One of the things that I enjoy doing at this time of year is looking at those news reports where they they give pictures of all of the major events that have taken place through the year. I'm sure you've seen it. It's always good to to look back and to remind ourselves of things that have taken place. Uh, The coronation of King Charles, South Africa winning the World Cup. And I'm sure that in a similar way that if we were to look back over this year in our own personal lives, there would be a lot to be thankful for and a lot to celebrate. But if we're completely honest with ourselves, there are other things of which we're not proud, things we wish that we hadn't done or said or thought, things that we would be horrified to see put up on a screen for public display. And it's for those things that Jesus has come to rescue us from the sin that separates us from our Holy Father. If you wanted a truly good Christmas message, then listen to the first sermon that Jesus ever preached. Jesus took the words from the prophet Isaiah and applied them to himself. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to declare that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's a message worth hearing and responding to. And notice very importantly that this Christmas message is described as good news, not good advice. Advice is counsel about something to do, and it hasn't happened yet, but you can do it. News is a report about something that, hasn't, that, that has happened. You can't do anything about it. It's been done for you. So, for example, if a king were fighting against an enemy, he would call together his military advisors and say, you know, well, we'll put our marksmen over there and we'll put our swordsmen over there. We could put our archers over there. We're going to have to fight with, for, for our lives here. That's advice. But imagine that the king wins the battle and messages are sent throughout the kingdom to proclaim the war has been won. The enemy has been defeated. That's news. There's nothing that needs to be done Just believe and rejoice. And in the same way, the gospel is good news. It's not about what I need to do, but about what God has done for me. The gospel is that Jesus has come and died for my sin, given me his righteousness, and all I need to do is accept that with joy. 
The second difference between the message of Santa and the message of Christmas. In that song about Santa, we're told he's making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. The whole thing about Santa is that if you are good, you get presents, but if you're bad, you get cold in your stocking. Everyone knows this about Santa Claus. If you go to town and you sit on Santa's lap, what is the first thing he's going to ask you? Have you been good? This week I saw a meme that said, Dear Santa, I've been good all year. Okay, well, maybe most of the time. Well, perhaps once in a while. Oh, never mind, I'll buy my own presents this year. And even as adults, the emphasis at this time of the year is that we have to be good for Christmas. Now, even in the best of families, someone is going to get upset today. Uh, Great Aunt Maud is going to open a present and everyone will see from the look of her on her face that she disapproves. Or Tiny Tim is going to throw a wobbly because he didn't get a handheld PlayStation 12. Yes, you can make excuses for him. He's tired. It's past his bedtime. He's only 36. (laughs) But the peace and the tranquility of the day will be gone. And what do we say to ourselves at that point, either inwardly or outwardly? We say we should make an effort because it's Christmas. We should be good because it's Christmas. And we carry that on into our relationship with God and we think that we need to be good for God to accept us. But the good news of Jesus is that we don't need to be good. Indeed, by nature, we're all bad. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If the pass mark for an exam is 50% and I get 49% and you only get 20%, it doesn't really matter because we've both failed. And in a similar way, I might think that I'm not as good as Mother Teresa, but at least better than Hitler, certainly better than you. It doesn't matter because we've both sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the angel comes to the shepherds and says, I bring you good news of great joy that is for everybody, not just good people, not just nice people, not just religious people. It's for everyone. In fact, at one point in his life, uh, when Jesus was being criticized by his opponents for hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes and other sinners, he said to his accusers, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And if you don't think that you're good enough for God, that in fact is the best position to be in, one of acknowledging your need for outside help. The message of Christmas from the scriptures is not you have to be good so that God, like Santa Claus, will be good to you and bring you presents. Rather, the message we find in the Christmas story is God has already been good to you. He's proved his kindness and his grace. He's already given you the greatest gift he could. Therefore, live in response to that. Third difference between the message of Santa and the message of Christmas is that unlike Santa Claus, Jesus truly knows when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. He knows us and he understands us. Remember the words of Matthew quoting the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will be with child and you'll give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
Jesus truly knows and understands us. Have you been rejected this morning? So was he. Have you been betrayed? So was he. Have you been abused or experienced violence? So has he. Have you lost a best friend? So has he. Have you been misunderstood? So was he. Have you been falsely accused? So was he. Have you been insulted? So was he. Have you been betrayed by a best friend? So was he. Are you poor? So was he. Are you lonely? So was he. Are you facing death? So did he. Here is someone that we can go to to receive health, help and strength and life and hope. And maybe you're saying, well, I've gone to him and it didn't work. I cried out to him. He didn't answer my prayer. I feel abandoned by God. Jesus has been there too. Because from the cross he cried out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Whatever you might be experiencing this morning, Jesus knows from the inside of our experience. And so the writer of the book of Hebrews says that in Jesus, we don't have a God who lives a million miles away and is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have one who's been tempted and tested in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. That's the message of Christmas, God with us. And then just one final difference between the message of Claus and the message of Christmas. Santa Claus comes once a year. Tomorrow morning we'll pack Santa Claus away again for another year. We'll go into the shops and discover that the decorations for Valentine's Day are already out. But don't do the same with the Lord Jesus. Don't just pack him away for another year and think about him next year. In the book of Revelation in the New Testament, Jesus speaks these words to each one of us. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and he with me. Jesus is continually standing outside the door of our heart, our lives, knocking, waiting for us to open the door and let him in. And perhaps there's someone here this morning who needs to do that for the very first time. You could take that step this morning. Remember our last reading from John chapter 1. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Receiving him, welcoming him into our lives to come and take first and central place. Believing in his name, believing that he is the one he says he is, God come in the flesh, and believing that he came to die in our place for our sins on the cross. And according to this verse, receiving plus believing equals belonging. And you could do that this morning, even during the singing of our final carol, if you were to sing these words and mean them from your heart. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. I want to assure you that it would be the best Christmas for you ever if you receive the Lord Jesus for yourself today. But beyond that initial step, all of us need to continually welcome the Lord Jesus into our day-to-day lives, to recognize that we live each and every day, each and every moment in his presence, to invite him in, 
to seek to get to know him now, this side of the curtain, as it were, before we see him face to face and spend eternity with him. And so let's stand together as we sing our final carol and let's invite the Savior in. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. <laughs>